0: This is a Working With Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome. My name's Terry Melrose and I'm a community educator with the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Uh, today I'm joined by my fellow colleagues, Glenn Duncan and Tom Hayes. G'day and welcome guys. G'day. How are you, mate? Go yeah, Terry. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Look, today we're talking a bit about wellbeing tips, our physical health, and it's sort of, we're just going to touch on areas of uh, eating habits, some harmful behaviours, and, and it really is just trying to have a bit of a conversation on tips and tools to keep active, uh, look after ourselves, and I suppose it just encouraged blokes to have a bit of a routine service visit. Now... Um, Recently, uh, we we launched in WA uh, the state men's health policy, and there's a little men's health facts 101. And in WA, males are most overrepresented in areas of cancer, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and there's some pretty alarming um, stats there around
1: blokes' physical health. Um, Why is this a problem, guys, from from the work we do? I suppose what we find is blokes tend to not prioritise um, their health, in the same way that they they might with their their vehicles and their their toys or their machinery that they use on the farms. Um, and because they don't treat it in the same regard, it 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 just falls into the background in terms of a list of priorities. I've got other things I need to do, and and really we should be valuing our health a bit more. Yeah, no, that's right. and and in our our
0: our book we've got a, a couple of great little cartoons, and there's one here of a, a wife pushing a. Husband or partner into the medical centre in a wheelbarrow, and she's saying, you know, to the doctor, he's being a little, running a little bit rough. Can you check him over? And the husband's saying, I'm too busy to be crook, and that that is an excuse. Quite often we put stuff off, and 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 um, yeah, probably leave it quite often a bit too late.
1: Yeah, and that that uh, I suppose that warrior attitude of of blokes trying to push on regardless, and there's there's a, there's a place for stoicism, but there's also it it's only good if it's everything in moderation. So. Uh, you need to know when it's right to be stoic and when it's time to actually look after yourself. Yeah, look, and in our last podcast, we touched on some of those factors around well-being
0: tips as far as being aware of our genetics, our family history, you know, the environment we work in and blokes working and living in regional WA um, exposure to risks, the elements, and also that lack of access to health services. So we do have to be a bit more proactive. But look, today, just touching on some of those real simple things, um... And first and foremost, just around our eating habits, you know, eating habits are formed from a, I suppose, a young age. But yeah, how do we talk about that in the context of blokes' physical health, Glenn?
1: Um, Well, there's several parts that sort of come into eating habits, and one might be the tendency to overindulge. Uh, There's also the tendency to eat the wrong things, things high in saturated uh, fats and sugars and salts. And that reliance on a partner for diet. But if we look a little bit deeper into those, some of those things come about because how we're programmed as kids. I, I know that I grew up with finish everything on your plate or you're not having dessert. Yep. And there was no way I was missing out on dessert. So I was being programmed to overeat because I was already full, but there was no way I was missing out on dessert. So that that's one thing. Uh, the influence and guidance from your parents, which is is one thing, like like I've just said, but also... Serving sizes are kind of established by them and you don't realise you're essentially training yourself into a particular serving size. And work practices, the fact that they have changed over the years, they've become less labour intensive, uh, so there's no need for the massive volumes of food and, and even those things change within your own lifetime. So the young buck who's just done their second footy training of the week has a highly active job and is going to play footy on the weekend can probably cope with that huge dinner plate that's overflowing. But if you're no longer having that lifestyle, that's that active, uh, then you're overfueling basically. Um, so it's not so much the food itself but rather the quantity but but we can look at also those things that are high in saturated fats and sugars and and try and steer towards things that are a little bit more appropriate
0: yeah look and and, and habits and routines are formed over time and we acknowledge it is it does take time and effort to change those things but but i think people do quite often you know in in a time poor society quite often can get trapped in the quick and easy meals but as you say they're quite often the things that are not only packed with uh high levels of fat salt sugar um but yeah you combine that with a bit of that inactivity and we can see how uh, obesity, type two diabetes and, and, and cardiovascular issues can, can creep in if not dealt with. And, and, and it is, I suppose, as you say, health is, is not static. We've got to look at it over time. And you made the good point there of, uh, yeah, when we're a young fella, Tom, you can probably agree, you can get away with eating the bigger portion sizes and a few more treats.
2: Yeah, that's right. It, it is starting to catch up with me now, though. As you grow up, your metabolism definitely starts to slow down. So
0: Yeah, you're right, Tom. It does get a bit harder as we get older so it is important we, we just have some good little um, tips and tools to check in and, and, and see how we're going with our weight or weight gain so look we use a great little device here it's a little tape measure and and while you can't see it just have a listen to this sound as I pull it out and that's a little retractable tape measure we use and look there's a, there's a bloke side and lady side and And look, this tape measure is based on the Measure Up campaign, which was an initiative by the Australian Heart Foundation. And basically, what it's just trying to make people aware of is that a waistline for blokes over 102 centimetres does give us an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes, some cancers, stroke, heart disease, high blood pressure, and and it's about that long-term storage of internal fat that sits around our heart, liver, pancreas, kidneys, and and it is just one indicator. And if blokes blokes think 102 centimetres is a bit tough, we've got to think of the ladies because the recommended stomach measurement for them is 88. So um, yeah, just something to keep an eye on and be aware of.
1: It is about the, the fact that blokes tend to wear, uh, for want of a better expression, they tend to wear it over the tool shed. So the fact that all of that uh, visceral fat is stacked in around your um, vital organs and over a long period of time too. So it's probably more problematic for somebody who's, say, in their 20s, who's carrying that weight and is going to be storing that toxic fat around their organs over a long time. Um Obviously, it, it, you still want to look after your weight, but it's probably less problematic than a bloke who's put a bit on much later in life. But uh, it's just it's just about keeping an eye on that. I know that uh, over the years, we've had different measures. At the moment, we're looking at this 94 centimetres.
0: And it is just about being aware of our, our habits, our behaviours, and just those little things we can do. And, and we'll touch on some little tips uh, um, uh, towards the end of this podcast. But just that, that other... A risk factor that contributes to, to poor physical health are some of those harmful behaviours. Um, and we talk about them being smoking, drinking drugs. And look, there's so many campaigns out there around the risks involved, um, trying to, you know, harm minimisation, trying to educate people to re- reduce or not partake in some of those things. But we also like to acknowledge, you know, what what causes us to partake in that. And that's looking at those other things like our work, our worry our relationship, you know, what little vices we, we look at uh, or use to get us through tough times. But once again, a lot of these behaviours can be formed about poor habits and poor choices. So, look, the first one, I think we just have to acknowledge with smoking um, that smoking is the, the single most preventable cause of poor health and death in Australia. Um, you know, and, and, and just one real important factor around smoking is if you give up today, the improvements can be noted with around, within around 24 hours you know, in regards to our, our respiratory, um, our lungs, you know, that, that repair immediately starts happening. And I suppose, too, you know, the the money you're going to save, it's it's not a very cheap habit these days either, is it, Tom?
2: Yeah, that's right, Terry. So I think one of the things you've got to keep in mind at the moment is um, smoking is on the decline. I've certainly noticed anecdotally in my friendship group with my peers, it's not the norm anymore. Um, the, the smokers are the ones that are sort of hiding in the corner and it's sort of frowned upon.
0: No, look, it was much more socially accepted, in 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 previous eras and generations but um yeah yeah still still a, a, a important health issue we need to talk about and educate people on now glenn drinking um they talk about australia we do have a drinking culture um so many social family uh, sporting events uh, um have drinking associated with them in our aussie culture They're, it's advertised they sponsor it um but yeah, what 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 messages do we have? I suppose around people moderating their alcohol use. Yeah,
1: we well, we acknowledge the fact that alcohol's out there, and if I suppose if we come bearing a big stick and saying everyone stop, then we're not going to get any action because people just don't listen. Um, but in the past, there's kind of been some shifting goalposts in terms of what's recommended. What they're recommending now is that drinking no more than two standard drinks on any day reduces a lifetime risk of uh, alcohol-related disease or injury. Um, And guideline two is drinking no more than four standard drinks on a single occasion reduces the risk of injury on that particular occasion. Now, that might not fit in with everyone's lifestyles. And I know that averaging things out, quite often people say, well, I don't drink on this day and this day, but then I have a few on this evening. Um, I suppose we just need to look at ways of how we can minimise that. And, and going on alcohol-free days is one of those, those tools. It, it does two things. It drops our overall intake, but it also proves to us that we we're not actually dependent on it. So that's an important and easy step you could take to reduce overhaul, overall alcohol consumption. Um, making every second drink a non-alcoholic one, uh, having a few alcohol said uh, having a few alcohol-free days uh, each week, but also set yourself a limit. And the other thing on on weekends is just start that first drink a little bit later. Um because I, I suppose sometimes we find if we start early in the day it's either gotta be all on or you disappear into the bedroom, fall asleep for the rest of the day. <laughs> so leave it a bit later. All very important tips, Glenn. Thanks for that.
0: And 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 I think too, you know, in the context of our, our mental health and well being, you know, having that drink, going to alcohol as a coping mechanism, a strategy. Um, is pretty common uh, among a lot of blokes. We go out and talk to, and it is just encouraging that you know, if we can, if we can swap that beer for maybe going for a walk, talking to a mate, doing something you know a bit more proactive, um, just helps us using that alcohol as a crutch because we know you know that habit can go from just having one drink to two to maybe a six pack, and a- every problem we have, it's a it's a turn to which isn't helpful.
1: And and that standard drink too, you, people need to be aware what that is because I know I'm guilty of. Telling myself that I've only had one beer, but if it's a full strength pint, that's actually two. Yeah. So there's my daily intake. If I was if I was going to the letter of the, not the letter of the law, but to the recommendations. So being aware of what a standard drink is can can also help.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, look, and, and the last one there, drugs. Um you know and I've, I've dealt with a lot of young guys and families and and drugs has ruined relationships, careers, uh, you know there's so many so many risks um, and, and it does damage our society. But just why do, why do people use drugs and I suppose even alcohol, Tom?
2: So um, some of the more common reasons might be just to experiment. They might just want to try new things, um, might think it's just going to be the one-off. Um, could just be through boredom especially youth these days if they've got not got much to do or um, if you've lost your job and you're just bored at home could just be the boredom giving you something to do um, another one again especially with the youth is the, the peer pressure just trying to fit in with your friends um, be more comfortable in those social situations feel like you need to do that to to get along with everyone um, and just the, the research suggests as well uh, people use drugs either just for fun or, or for self-medication so um, recent research suggests that about 46% of people use drugs for fun. So yeah, if people are using drugs for fun, I think they've got to really got to acknowledge that there is some pretty serious quant- consequences to these choices. Um, you've got to recognize that there's always the possibility of drug overdoses. You don't know what you're taking, especially with illicit substances. Um, there's just the, the health effects. That could be the acute or the, the permanent health effects. Um, and then there's obviously the the legal and financial implications of of what these quick short-term choices might, might make for the rest of your life. Mm, good point. And yeah, so the other reason people might be using drugs is to, to self-medicate for self-medication. So this might be to just to cope with difficult times in our lives. Um, it's not a healthy way to, to deal with things, but it is an option that some people choose. Um, they might use the, the drugs to just to feel good and, and forget the, the difficult things that are going on and try to just to, to get away from reality really.
0: Yeah, no, look, and I think it just raises a young point for us all to have those conversations with our young people and, you know, and encouraging some, some positive passions and interests um, and, and meaning and purpose in their life. And, and we think if kids or young people are connected and engaged, there is less chance they might partake in, in some of those risky behaviours. So look, guys, that's, that's um, been pretty thorough on, on some of those issues around eating habits and neglectful behaviours. So look, just to surmise things we can all do about our our physical health and well-being. Um, Glenn, just that important reminder of, of a routine service visit, mate. What's that about?
1: Yeah. So like we said earlier, that the fact that blokes will spend time, money and effort on preventative maintenance, be it on their uh, pride and joy car, or whether it's on the header or or whatever, we we tend to be quite happy about saying, "Listen, the service is due. Let's get it done." Um, but we don't pay ourselves the same compliment by um, by booking ourselves in, and it and that's preventative maintenance. That's not waiting till the wheels fall off. That's a. Uh, it, I've just turned forty, or or it's been a cup. It's been a while since I've been in. I need to go in for a checkup just to just to make sure things are all right. And if we try and make that standard practice, that'll have fantastic health outcomes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And going into the doctor a bit armed up, you know, um, asking the doctor for a full set of bloods. You know, um, cholesterol. Um, you know, checking for diabetes, getting your blood pressure checked. You know weight check sight and hearing and any any even aches lumps and pains they're good just to to bring up and address there um now keeping active once again um we are all time poor um as our lifestyles change we know blokes working with all more automation um uh, whether in an office a new dad we just got to make some time don't we tom
2: Yeah, of course, that's right, Terry. Um, I know for myself, working back as the farmhand, I found it really difficult to get my my 30 minutes of exercise in a day. If you're sitting there in the tractor going up and back, um, it's pretty difficult. I think um, an important thing to remember is you don't have to try and fix every part of your physical health all in one one hit. I think it's if you find one thing, say it be cut back on the booze or get a little bit more exercise, you'll probably find there's going to be flow on effects. Um, I know if you get a bit more exercise in, you're probably going to have more energy to to improve other things in your, in your health as well.
1: And you can also uh, factor in some of that physical activity just into your normal life so it doesn't have to be an add-on for the day. So if there's an opportunity to take the stairs rather than an escalator or an elevator, not that there's too many of those on farms or in rural or regional areas, but those sorts of things, or uh, it, rather than take the car down to check... The mailbox or whatever. Tr- try and walk that one. It doesn't need to add huge amounts of time. Just the cumulative effect of having a little bit of an effort will will pay dividends.
0: Yep. No, that's right. The old saying, um, you know, move more, eat less. You know, and even something as simple as you know, uh, drinking more water. You know, sometimes that thirst can get disguised as hunger, um, or hunger can be disguised as thirst. And, and doing something, like you said, Tom, doing something's better than doing nothing. Look. Looking at the little changes we can make um, helps us gain momentum and 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 put those habits and behaviours in place over the
2: long term. Yeah, I know we, we had a truckie that would um, wait till the very last second to go turn the auger off while fitting, filling his truck up, and you have to sprint back. He was just trying to get fit before the cricket season, so <laughs> you have to do a little fifty metre sprint every every now and then. So just those little things help help you out.
0: Any way to make it fun? Um, yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for your input, guys, and everyone out there. Tune in next time where we'll be continuing our wellbeing tips physical health podcasts, and looking a bit more in detail around that neglectful attitude blokes can have towards
2: their health cheers thanks for listening to our working with warriors podcast series